Hi friends, I'm Tierney. And I'm Shelby. And we're Dead Dead Drunk. Hey, hey, happy quarantine. Yeah, how's everybody doing? Okay. You know, <laughs> could be better, could be worse. Yeah. I did. Oh, I remembered what I wanted to do. I wanted to do a general PSA. Um, I was sick. Don't ask me if I got the test. I didn't get the test. N- nobody my age is getting the test for sure. Yeah. Like unless we're already in the hospital. There are three million. This is what my doctor said. There are three million Corona tests in America. There are eight million people in New York City alone. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. That should double by like the yeah. end of the week. But you feel but better now, right? Oh, yeah. All right. So. Yeah. I bet. feel better. Bet. And then the other night I was just coughing ridiculously. I think my congestion was finally clearing up. So then it's like going down your throat and you're coughing. Yum. And John was just turned to me and goes, you have the coronavirus. <laughs> just straight up. I cried. I started oh, crying. No. I, I was like, I killed my parents. You just told me that I killed my parents. I don't think you have because it's so contagious. Wouldn't I don't have it. Wouldn't John have it? Yeah. And like your parents would probably like everybody would have it. Yeah, right? I would probably have it. That's what I. That's what I said. Like if I have it, everybody has it. Yeah, everybody, and it's like you can go two weeks without showing any symptoms. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. My doctor also told me that the age is like really fifty where you're like at risk, and then it goes up percent wise. Yeah, but the people in the hospital are between like mid twenties to forties. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. They're not the people that are dying though. Oh my god! Just be aware. Yeah, and somebody who will not get coronavirus because she's not alive anymore is John Bonet Ramsey. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Segwayed into it. Um, R.I.P. Wait, last thing about my doctor. He also said, so don't spit on anybody you like. <laughs> <laughs> but anybody you don't like, you know. Go ahead and spit. Free game. <laughs> Free spit. Here we go. <laughs> Later, we can stand outside your balcony and be like, hey, you like Shit's Creek? Was that a no? <laughs> <laughs> Projectile. <laughs> We'll have spitting contests. <laughs> uh, all right. So we have a special John Bonet Ramsey case. That I don't know why I said it was special. We're covering John Bonet Ramsey today. It is special. It is special. Um, so the cocktail I've created, I've Ooh, taken. That could be why it's special. It's special because Tierney found a cocktail where I enjoy gin. Oh, yeah, because I don't know if you guys have ever tried the pink gin before. Gordon's has it. I think other people make pink gin, too, but this is the one I know. It is delicious. Um, The bar that I usually go to, Shout Out Mahoney's, uses pink gin because there's an Irish cocktail that's called a pink gin fizz, and my friend Natalie would always make it. And so I knew that it existed, and I saw that there was a cocktail called the Beauty Queen cocktail from Absolute where they put in gin but i was like i don't really like regular gin i want to do pink gin plus jambane ramsey is like a cute little pink princess right mm-hmm. so pink gin and then i did put in a splash of the razzmatazz raspberry liqueur just to give it that pink color and then i filled it up with some pineapple juice which will come in later which i didn't even realize when i made the cocktail to be completely honest and then i was like oh pineapple there's a connection so pineapple juice and then i topped it off with the raspberry cran Lacroix. it tastes like juice that's really good it's dangerously good <laughs> yeah so if we Says become me. unintelligible throughout this case i really apologize 
this case for the next seven. I don't know how long <laughs> it's going to All right. So are you ready for the case? I can only be so ready for this. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Drink up to drunkies. <laughs> and here we go. On the morning of December 26th, 1996, Patsy Ramsey discovered a ransom note at the bottom of the stairs of her family's home in Boulder, Colorado. The note read, Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We do respect your businesses, which is spelled wrong. Your business, but it's spelled, I don't know, it's spelled weird. We do respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. Possession is also spelled wrong. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attached to the bank. When you go home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on the delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier delivery pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can... Try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It's up to you now, John. Victory, SBTC. What? That was the longest ransom note I've ever heard in my life. Was he paid by the word? What's going on? That was insane. I'm really glad you noticed that because that comes up later as how long the ransom note is. It's a little bit fishy. Is it written? It's ri- It's not like... It's completely written. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Because I would imagine, I mean, I guess you could write them beforehand, but I always imagine ransom notes being like, bring me this money and I'll bring it back. And then you'd like throw it or something. Yeah, it's usually not that involved because that's how people get caught. You know what I mean? I feel like a ransom note is usually like, we have your daughter. We want this money. We'll be in contact. Right. Because you don't want to give too much away. Yeah. This guy was... It was like he was asked to write a certain number of words for an essay. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, he went on and on. I mean, we got it. <laughs> yeah, so that will come back later as a hint to police that maybe it's not completely a legitimate note. But we'll see. So after reading the note, Patsy became frantic, searching for her six-year-old daughter all throughout the house. However, she was nowhere to be found. John Bonet Ramsey was a child beauty queen who lived very comfortably with her parents, Patsy and john and her nine-year-old brother burke 
JonBenet was cherished by her family as she was an extremely beautiful and sweet little girl. According to Biography.com, she was very outgoing and friendly and she loved to be the center of attention, which makes sense if she's a beauty queen. Mm -hmm. But I I get the vibe that it wasn't really as much of like the toddlers and tiaras when the parents are like, I mean, it probably was a little bit that, but she really liked it. Oh, you know, it wasn't like you have to do this. Like she loved to be the center. She was a little Alexis. A little bit. (laughs) She's a little bit Alexis. All right. Police arrived on the scene and immediately began searching for evidence of someone breaking into the house. The only thing that entertained this was a broken window, which John Ramsey told the police he, quote, may have broken a couple months back. But it's kind of interesting that he wouldn't, like, say definitively, I broke it. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, this is broken, but uh, I might have done it. Yeah, wouldn't you? I would imagine if you owned a house, you would. Like, you would know if a window is broken. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, I don't own a house. And or I you would at least know how many millennia it'll be before I can own a house. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. I like, if a window was broken it. in your apartment, you'd be like, mm, I better get that fixed. Uh, but also, if you broke it, you know you broke it. Not like I might have. I right. don't remember. It sounds like a like, kid going like, ah, oh, maybe I did it. Maybe. <laughs> uh, I don't know. A few hours later, the body of JonBenet Ramsey was found in the basement of the family's home. She had been strangled with a garrote made from a paintbrush that was later identified as belonging to Patsy. Oh, wait. Okay. So when I told you I knew a little bit about this case, I think I know this part. That's like a rope with something on the other end of it for you to pull. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. She also had blunt force trauma to her skull and had evidence of a sexual assault. She had been tied up and her mouth was taped. The DNA that was found on John Bonet was a drop of blood that was found in her underwear. Immediately, the police find a lot of things that are suspicious about this case. Besides the fact that there was no real evidence of a break-in, the ransom note didn't make any sense. If the quote-unquote kidnappers had taken John Bonet and had her alive, demanding $118,000 for her safe return, why does it seem as if she never even left the house? Right. The suspicion surrounding the note grew and it was submitted to handwriting experts to be analyzed. When the experts got back to police with their discoveries, they all had the same verdict. There is a high probability that the note was written by Patsy Ramsey, John Bonet's mother. Oh my gosh. When analyzing the handwriting of the ransom note and Patsy's handwriting found in scrapbooks and pictures throughout the home, experts are able to determine that many letters look very similar. Although it does look as if whoever wrote the ransom note was trying to disguise their handwriting by making it look sloppy, there are still many similarities. When questioned, Patsy denies that the handwriting looks alike and even denies that it is her handwriting at all. In the special called Who Killed John Bene Ramsey, which I was able to watch on Amazon Prime, there is footage of Patsy trying to come up with the differences in the letters. Basically, she just sounds like she's trying to make excuses. She claims the handwriting looks nothing alike, which anyone with eyes can tell how similar it looks. Here's a picture of the letters side by side. Shelby, what do you think? So there's an M, T, H. I mean, they look, which side is the... So the left side here in this diagram is Patsy, and then on the right is the ransom note. So you can kind of see how it looks as if it's Patsy's writing, but she tried to make it look sloppy. Yeah, it looks identical, just sloppier. Yeah. And like look at the top of the O there. It's nobody does that with their O's. Yeah. But all of her G's and like 
the M has a little curly Q thing at yeah. the end. And and when Patsy's looking at this, she's literally like, they look nothing alike to me. They're basically identical. Mm-hmm. But why would she? And then she even s- starts to say like the writing in the handwriting in the scrapbook isn't hers. But like who else would have written in the scrapbook in your home? Right. Like there's like a picture her- of her of John Bonet and like some other people in the family. And it says like Christmas, like whatever. But like who would have written that if it's in a scrapbook in your home? Yeah, probably not John. He probably even at least someone in your window, home. So yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> but it's just crazy. Christmas. <laughs> we will post these to either our website or uh the instagram so you guys can see but they look very similar and in general i think handwriting experts are usually very good at what they do as we've seen in various cases before hotman mm-hmm. um the fact that these three different experts all think that it is very likely to be patsy's handwriting is a little bit suspicious and it does look bad for patsy although her and her husband both denied it completely but it doesn't make any sense why would patsy write it and even if patsy wrote it there was sexual assault right so that doesn't we'll get there john ramsey explained that patsy would not have made the spelling mistakes as i mentioned before as i was reading if you typically are very good at spelling i guess is the only way to say it and you're very neat you would go the opposite right so if patsy wrote the letter as you were wondering why would she write it what is her motive of writing this letter so there are various theories out there, and the first is that Patsy killed John Bonet herself. The night of John Bonet's murder, the family had gone out for a Christmas dinner with the family. They returned home late, having to carry a sleeping John Bonet inside to her bed. They didn't change her at all; they just put her right to bed. The family was planning a big trip to Michigan the next morning, and it was believed that the rest of the family went to sleep, but Patsy stayed up to do some last-minute preparations for the trip like packing the car, like getting snacks, right? I don't really know what exactly she was doing. Mm-hmm. So it was known that John Bonet had issues with wetting the bed, and it happened rather frequently. The theory is that around 1 a.m., John Bonet awoke after wetting the bed and went out to her mother, who was still awake, to tell her what happened. After a long night and the added frustration of planning for a trip, the idea is that Patsy snapped. She may have aggressively changed John Bonet, which would explain why it looked as if she had been sexually assaulted, if she had been wiping her quickly and a little bit too hard. Oh, okay. JonBenet had also been stripped from the outfit that she had been wearing that night, and this theory would explain why. In the scenario, JonBenet's death was an accident, and Patsy, being frustrated, hit her head on something in the bathroom, maybe the bathtub or the sink, which would explain the the trauma to her mm-hmm. head. So if she did this by accident during the process of changing her, then she panicked. And Patsy had to think of what to do before the rest of her family woke up. She took JonBenet down to the basement and tied her up to make it look as if it was a purposeful murder. Experts observed that JonBenet was not tied up tightly enough to have held back a living child, allowing them to believe that she was tied up post-mortem. Then Patsy wrote the ransom note to make it look as if there had been an intruder. According to Rolling Stone, it was determined that the note had been written on a pad that belonged to Patsy and with a pen that belonged to her as well. When the police arrived the next morning, Patsy has the same makeup and outfit on that she had on the night before, which causes them to believe that she never actually went to bed. Right. So. I just. I'm Wow. Okay. See, I mean, I had no. I mean, I know that all the theories point at the family members, but I hadn't heard this one before. This is. That's crazy. Yeah. So they're thinking the 
the blunt force trauma to the head is the cause of death. I think it was extra- a strangulation, but the head had knocked her unconscious, and I think that she, when she went downstairs, used the paintbrush to strangle her to make sure she was dead. I guess I just don't understand. I'm not a mother, yeah. but if I was and that happened accidentally, you just go to just go to the hospital. Yeah, but it's an accident. Ex- I don't know. I feel like some mothers like especially ones that like oh like we she saw was with in Diane. the public eye she was yeah and yeah, like we okay. saw with um not diane downs diane, diane Schuler. yeah um keeping she up a perfect was appearance one, yeah right and like i feel like having an accident like this happen especially in the public eye would make it seem like their family wasn't perfect and i don't think that would have been okay for her okay you know, I'm I mean, just trying I, to understand. Like, I I get what you're saying, I'll never but it understand. just doesn't comprehend. It, it just doesn't make any sense in my brain. I can't comprehend it. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. This is just. Th- I mean, theories. this feels like a pretty strong theory, but I'm guessing so that all of the family member theories are pretty strong, or they would have focused in on one. But yeah, they don't I, know, right? This is unsolved, right? I personally think that that's the strongest theory that has been presented, but it is also just one theory there are more popular theories and one of them is that JonBenet's brother nine-year-old Burke was the one that committed the crime this theory is backed by forensic investigator Werner Spitz because of a mark that JonBenet had on her skull there was a rather rectangular laceration and Spitz determined that it was about the same size as a flashlight that was found in the kitchen this theory is called the pineapple scenario and it surrounds the idea that JonBenet stole a piece of pineapple from her brother's late night snack. This is supported by the fact that during JonBenet's autopsy, there was an undigested piece of pineapple found in her stomach. The theory is that Burke snapped, grabbing the nearby flashlight and hitting JonBenet over the head with it. There are also marks on JonBenet's back that match up to toy train tracks that Burke had, and Spitz believes that these might have been used to quote-unquote poke her unconscious body to see if she was still alive. Oh my god so they don't think that that nine-year-old then did the strangling in the ransom note right i think what this theory is is that he's the one that killed her and, and then, then he told patsy his covered parents it up. and patsy wrote the note and covered it up and put her downstairs like in the other theory wow. i thought that patsy's theory was strong but this one's pretty strong too yeah So Burke actually recently appeared on the dr phil show in 2016 for the 20th anniversary of the murder Due to his parents shielding him from the media during childhood, this is the first time that he was able to really speak out about the case and what he remembers. Oh my God, love Dr. Phil. Unfortunately, I could not find the full interview anywhere because of measures taken by Burke's lawyers after it aired. However, I did find some clips online that showed his demeanor throughout the whole thing. The first thing that many viewers noticed is that Burke was very smiley the whole time. Dr. Phil defended him about this, saying that he was a very socially awkward guy, and because of being sheltered as a child, he was not great at interacting with people. Even now, he is like a computer techie guy for his job. He does like software stuff, and I believe that he works from home, so he doesn't really interact with have a people. lot of yeah, a lot of experience interacting with people. But it still was very strange, and it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because of his demeanor while talking about such a dark subject. However, this interview happened 20 years after the murder. And again, you never know how you're going to act until this kind of thing happens to you. So I don't think how he acted in the interview really should be taken too seriously when it comes to whether or not he's innocent. In my opinion, this scenario doesn't seem like it holds as much weight to me. The, the idea that Burke killed her? Yeah. 
I mean, it. But I just I think that I think that Patsy's theory Patsy's is still is the strongest. Yeah. But this one is, it's not, it's not impossible. Yeah, I I don't want to get too far into theories against Burke because his lawyers are trying to sue CBS right now, and I don't want to be. Sued. Oh yeah, <laughs> we don't want to be sued. Another theory is that John Ramsey JonBenet's father was also involved. This theory comes from some observations that Officer Linda Arndt made when she arrived on the scene. Arndt reported that John Ramsey seemed to be making a beeline for the basement where JonBenet's body was, as if he had prior knowledge to her being there. He also picked her up and brought her upstairs, putting a blanket over her, which disturbed a lot of the evidence, and Ramsey had been told not to touch anything if he did find her. In my opinion, it might have been just a father's instinct to pick up his baby girl and cover her because it's like his child, but I'm not really sure. Or a husband's instinct to pick it up to protect your wife. Yeah. Just the, like, the police got there to search the house and almost immediately he found her in the basement. And the way their basement was, was like, it was almost like they had a basement and then they had to go behind like another door to get to where she was like she was it was like a hard place to get to in the basement oh so he would have had to so he the fact that he went there so quickly kind of made them think that he knew that she was there but it could have also been that they'd searched everywhere else in the house and then by the time they got there he was like oh wait i remember i haven't checked this spot yet and there she was yeah but, it could have you been know that. i don't but know didn't, didn't you say that patsy like read the ransom note i did air quotes uh <laughs> yeah she found the ransom note and she read it but then checked everywhere for JonBenet? Wouldn't she have also checked the basement? I don't know. I think if somebody told me that my daughter was kidnapped and I wasn't sure. Check everywhere. Right. So what? I don't know. It sounded more and more like it's Patsy. The further you go into the case, Mm. it's just like, oh, okay. Patsy did it. I feel like Patsy wrote the note. I don't know who actually killed her. Do you know what I mean? The Boulder Police Department did say that they found quote-unquote semen at the scene of the crime, and when tested, it was a match to John Ramsey, her father. However, the DNA evidence might not have been semen. It has been alleged that it was either a small drop of saliva or sweat. It wasn't, like, enough semen for it to be, like, like, I don't, I mean, like, when, you, was, when you come, like, there's, right, like. Right, yeah, no. It wasn't, like, it wasn't like that. It was, like, a small drop. So I think they thought it was semen, but, but it's not, it also could have been, I mean, he could have, he could have sexually assaulted her, but do you have more theories? Yes. Okay. Cause I, I mean, cause if hers, so his something is the, his DNA is for sure on there. Mm -hmm. These three theories all make sense in some way, although they do all have holes. In 2008, it was determined that the family had nothing to do with it because their DNA did not match the DNA found on JonBenet's body. It's speculated that this could be because it was a mix of DNA and further testing has yet to be done. If Patsy did write the note, we also may never know because in June of 2006, Patsy Ramsey died from ovarian cancer. When I look at the handwriting, I can see the similarities between its author and the writing of Patsy Ramsey. However, let's say she didn't write it. Who else could have done it? One popular theory is that Gary Oliva, a known sex offender and pedophile in the Boulder area, was the one to kill John Bonet. In the year 2000, Oliva was arrested on drug charges, and when searched, there was a magazine clipping of John Bonet found in his backpack. That's creepy. 
When they began to consider him as a suspect, one of his high school friends, Michael Vale, stepped forward saying that Oliva had told him that he, quote, hurt a little girl, end quote, shortly after the murder. He also mentioned that the garrote used to strangle John Bonet was tied similarly to a knot Oliva once used in an attempt to strangle his own mother. Oliva was found with a stun gun on him, which is rumored to be the instrument that made some of the marks on John Bonet's back. After DNA testing, though, it was determined that Oliva was not a match. But again, if it's a mixture of DNA, really? I don't know that anyone would be. I don't exactly know how it works. It's just it's so frustrating because it sounds like if if she had been anywhere else, if her body was found anywhere else, maybe the police would have had a chance at solving this case. Yeah. But it was in but she was in the house. Yep. And everybody touched her apparently. So Yeah, I don't know. Another theory originated in 2006. A former teacher named John Mark Carr was arrested for confessing to murdering JonBenet Ramsey. He was actually living in Thailand at the time where he fled to avoid charges of child pornography in the United States. After DNA testing, though, Carr was cleared. Carr was definitely a disturbed individual speaking about his fascination with John Benet Ramsey in extreme sexual detail. He is now, according to Rolling Stone, living in the Pacific Northwest with a different gender. Okay. So I think he was just kind of like a creep, but I don't think that he was actually involved. I mean, he's probably still a creep, but... Yeah. She's a creep. She's a woman! (laughs) Right, she's a creep. Let's be correct. (laughs) Another suspect in the case is Linda Hoffman Pugh, who was a housekeeper for the family and had a key to the residence. It's alleged that Linda had asked the family for a raise, and when they refused, she became spiteful. In this theory, Linda led JonBenet down to the basement and tied her up to try to get the family to pay the ransom. Although Linda is a convenient suspect because she had the means to enter the house and the apparent motive, she doesn't fit the suspect profile and all evidence against her is circumstantial. Wow. So they kind of just thought of her as somebody that had the means and had a motive, but probably isn't. Other theories are out there, including one that a town Santa committed the crime, which although sounds creepy, does not hold much weight. So what theory do you think makes the most sense? Honestly, I think that everyone in the family is involved. I do too. That's what makes the most sense. I don't it, know who killed her, but I think that I maybe I think I honestly, don't know about Burke. I don't know about Burke. I don't know about Burke either, but I don't know what he was like as a nine year old. So like, right? M- maybe when he talks about because in the interview, I again I couldn't find the whole thing, but the part that they did show, he talks about like. He doesn't remember much of that morning. I mean, it was 20 years ago, but he talks about how he like stayed in his room. He didn't come out when the police were there or anything and he didn't help search for the body. So I don't know if that's like his. I think that's probably part of his family, like sheltering him. Mm -hmm. They probably told him not to come out. Right. But so they um, they might have like done it together and then tried to keep Burke out of it. I actually think that the Burke theory holds some water. Yeah. If he like. If he did it accidentally or just did because yeah he's I a kid know. he's a kid so but and then it makes sense that the parents would cover, cover it, it up, up for him yeah or that Patsy or John did it and then together they covered it up yeah those are the the only ones that make sense mm-hmm. so but. 
if you guys have any other theories that we didn't discuss that you know of, please let us know. These are the ones that made the most sense to me that I decided to include. But today we still don't know who killed John Bonet Ramsey. That's annoying. I know. <laughs> and it's it's one of those cases that a lot of people know about, but I don't know if a lot of people know all of the details. Um, but like everybody's heard of John Bonet Ramsey. Mm-hmm. But um John Ramsey's still alive? John Ramsey is still alive. Burke Ramsey is still alive. Um, but yeah, I don't know what happened to her. It's sad to think that she could be turning almost 30. What do you think she would have done? Do you think she would have been Miss America? Maybe. That would have been awesome. Um, so if you want to send us those theories, you can email us at deaddrunkpod at gmail.com. If you want to see the handwriting pictures and whatever other pictures Tierney finds probably a beautiful little jump a day you can see them on our Instagram at dead drunk crime um, you can tweet us on the tweeters at dead drunk crime we're not really on there that much but you can <laughs> do it um, you can find us on Facebook our page is called dead drunk a true crime podcast and we have a website if you didn't know and we'll post this case there in full and you can check out all the sources and Heck yeah, it's deaddrunkpodcast.com. Yep. And we have merch that is linked in our show notes and at the bottom of all the blog posts it, uh, blog posts on our website. Heck yeah. Our caboose today is going to be a quiz from quizbliss.com and it's only a true pageant queen can pass this pageant challenge. Can you? Do you think you have what it takes to be the next Miss America? No. <laughs> well, we're going to find out. Let's play. Okay. Okay. But glue is used to blank. Take someone else's talent, keep you in your seat, or make sure your swimsuit doesn't move. Probably to make sure your swimsuit doesn't move. That's what I would guess too. But glue. <laughs> Looks are the only thing taken into consideration for beauty pageants. True or false? False. They also ask all those dumb questions. Yeah. Who is Miss Universe owned by? Donald Trump, Bill Gates, or Bill Clinton? Wait, what? Like the pageant or the person that went like <laughs> Miss Universe I think becomes a slave to I, one of these people? I believe it's the What pageant. are the choices? Donald Trump, Bill Gates, or Bill Clinton? Oh, I bet it's Donald Trump. I, mean, I don't think that... I'm not surprised by that. No. I don't think that Bill Gates would support something like this. And Bill Clinton, although... Loves Monica Lewinsky. (laughs) 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 All right. Miss USA contestants are only allowed to compete for the title once. False or true? I don't know why it says false or true. True or false? I don't know. I have no idea either. True? Okay. I might spice it up if it's true. Yeah. Which competition is known mostly for its scholarships? Miss USA, Miss Universe, or Miss America? Miss United. Miss USA. Okay. That's the one in Miss Congeniality. Oh, okay. <laughs> what are flippers? Someone who trips on the stage, fake teeth, or a type of sandal? Flippers. Fake teeth. All right. I have no idea. I, know, I don't know before. either. <laughs> Here's another. What is pro-am? The name of the judges, elaborating modeling routines, or a type of dress? Pro-am. Or pro what's, the, what's the third? What's the second one? Elaborating modeling routines. 
I have no idea. What was the first one? Sorry. The name of the judges. I don't know. Second one. All right. Yeah. I just don't think it's I don't the think third we one. could be Miss Universe. What is a judge's bio? When the judges hang out, a resume the contestants make up for the judges or something you mess up on? It's probably a resume. That's what I would assume, but I have no idea. What is natural? <laughs> what? <laughs> the runners up, the judges in a pageant, or a pageant style that's less glitzy? A pageant style that's less glitzy? I mean, glitzy, that makes I sense, guess? but I feel like it's a trick. I. <laughs> Are th- there are blank international beauty pageants? One thousand, four, or two hundred and fifty? Uh, I don't know. A thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's an international. I have no idea. <laughs> Could be anywhere in the world. I don't know. Maybe they are doing Miss Somalia. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Which of the following is very common? way for pageant girls to get energy drink a ton of coffee pixie sticks or down a couple red bulls what i would i would say pixie sticks yeah i have no idea the other ones seem to um like bland right yeah all right what is pretty feet (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) Freshly painted toes, the T position your feet should be in when on stage, or an exceptionally good dance number. It's either freshly painted toes or the T position. And I I'm think gonna it's go the with posi- the. I'm gonna go with the position. Yeah, yeah I think I it's the position, th- like Barbie feet. Right. right. It's calculating our results. Whoa! We did it. We got a hundred percent. We got everything right. Oh my god! <laughs> we are a true beauty queen. <laughs> congratulations on the perfect score you are a true beauty queen whoa we're not smarter than a fifth grader <laughs> but we are true beauty queens that was the twist of the century that nobody thought nobody expected that least of all me oh my god <laughs> well there you have okay. it folks turns out everything in a beauty pageant is turns really out, easy to figure out yeah, it turns out anyone can do it anyone can do it <laughs> Just plaster on some face. Make sure your feet are in a D position <laughs> and get the fuck out on stage. Yeah. Sing, Louise. Sing Pre- out, Louise. Pretty feet. That's my drag name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, mom. <laughs> bye, mom. <laughs>